You are listening to Your Money Story. I am Dawn Thomas, a mother of three, financial advisor by day, and a PhD candidate researching superannuation engagement. Your Money Story is about celebrating your journey, including you in the money conversation, empowering you to take control of your finances, and equalizing your position wherever you are. Let's change how the story ends. The information discussed in this podcast does not take into account your personal, financial, objectives and situation. Before acting on any information discussed here, you should consider its appropriateness having regard to your objectives, needs and financial situation. Today we have Iman Debamoni, the founder and CEO of beauty services platform Purely Polished. Iman gives us business insight as a Xenial entrepreneur. Purely Polish, which has been described as one of the best mobile beauty services in Australia, seeks to make it easier for women to access beauty services at home or at their workplace. Iman identified a gap in the market, understanding her own experience of having limited options when she became a mother herself. The business was launched in 2016, while she was on maternity leave with her daughter. At the time, it provided nail services within Sydney. Soon, she expanded to Melbourne and Brisbane, and grew the list of offerings available, such as makeup work, hairstyling, and massages. When she had a son in 2020, amongst the start of the COVID-19 crisis, she saw the opportunity in further expanding Purely Polish's reach to more women in Perth, Adelaide, and the Gold Coast. Welcome to this episode, Iman. Thank you, Dawn. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, and also I'd like to just tell our listeners that she's given up part of our Sunday to be able to share her story with me, and I'm really, really appreciative of that. Firstly, can you tell us a, about Purely Polish? So before we go to the start, can you tell me about the amazing business that you run? Sure. So Purely Polished is a platform to book on-demand mobile beauty and wellness treatments to have in the comfort of your home. So basically, we have a number of beauty and wellness professionals that um, do hair and makeup, facials, nails, massages, all across Australia. And um, you you just book online um, and one of the um, professionals goes out to your home um, so you can have the treatment in the comfort of your home. And, and it's now pretty much um, a national presence or it's, it's in multiple states you're you're expanding right, as you go along right. yeah yeah pre pre-covid we were in sydney melbourne and brisbane and during covid we actually had a 50 percent increase in at-home bookings well not not during the lockdown just yeah. post lockdown yes um and so then we decided to launch in the, in the other states so now we're in gold coast perth and adelaide as well Oh, that, you see, that's like what strikes me about your journey is that um, in times that people could feel that they are probably stalling, uh, maybe stalling is not the right word, where you're kind of taking a pause because of, of external events, right? COVID-19 mm-hmm. or the fact maternity leave is a, a time that you've got so much to do. You found yes. opportunity in that and grown. That, like, man, that, that blows it. my mind. Yeah, well, look... Um... You know, I had my my second baby in February and then I was just hoping to take a step back and I had like the team kind of ready to take over for at least six weeks. But then COVID came along and then I went into panic mode, wondering what's going to happen to Purely Polish? You know, is is this going to be the way it is forever? No one knew what was going to happen. 
and beauty was affected uh, beauty and wellness was affected significantly we couldn't operate for six weeks we shut down Um, but then instead of instead of you know looking at the negatives and kind of going oh well that's it um, I just you know really got stuck in there and um, tried to make most of the time that we had to then focus on other things and our corporate customers obviously they all paused but then Mm -hmm. as soon as we came out of the lockdown everyone wanted a beauty service and we just saw you know a huge opportunity to be able to service these people who needed their nails done or you know really needed a haircut um and and my husband at that time was on a six-month parental leave so Mm -hmm. that gave me the opportunity to you know keep purely polish going and not put us into a, a position where we may have had to shut down Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I, I didn't even mention to our listeners that not only did you launch yeah. with your first baby in tow, <laughs> yeah. then you had yeah. second little one is an amazing way to uh, approach a very fast changing environments. Um, it, it seemed mm-hmm. that you looked at the situation, you had a little bit of a panic, but then you thought of the way to get out mm-hmm. of it or the way to actually make the most of it. Can you take us back to the start? You know, when I look at you now, I can't imagine you ever as an employee, but you were. (laughs) Could you tell us about that journey from, you know, being an employee in a a corporate environment to being a business person? Mm. Look, so I I fell into human resources um, in my early 20s and and then I stuck with it for like nearly about 15 years um, it took me to London it, it brought me here to Sydney from Brisbane so it, it definitely was you know uh, I guess a career path that worked for me at the time um, but I always knew that it wasn't where I was going to be forever I always had the want to start a business ever mm-hmm. since I was young um, and I, I guess I never really settled into the corporate world or never never settled into an employee position because maybe I just didn't have the passion for the organizations that I was working for to to really, you know, mm. be extremely motivated. Um, but I could never see myself doing certain things. So I would always, you know, work hard and, and make sure that I would um progress in my role you know get promotions and things like that but there came a time where I was like okay well now it's you know managerial level yes um what do I want to do I couldn't see myself managing a HR team um how was it going to play out and and I think you know at that point I realized you know I better make that decision now whether or not I'm going to stay in this or take the leap and and start a business which is what I've been wanting to do for so long um, and coming out of that, I, I, I didn't know myself. I thought, how am I going to, you know, build a team? How am I going to run a business? I don't have the business skills um, except for, you know, uh, recruiting, employing people, which was, which mm-hmm. was great, yes. um, onboarding them. So I just took what I learned and added that, those sort of elements to the business and, and it helped me grow Purely Polished. And I, I found that I was actually naturally able to do what I needed to do um, and that gave me the strength and confidence so I think you know it was always within me um, but maybe just because I wasn't in the right environment 
I wasn't able to excel. Yeah. So what what yeah. do you think? How how did that mindset change happen? Yeah. Because I I think a number of our listeners can yeah. can relate to that. That maybe going to business seems something out of reach, but where you are right now doesn't mm-hmm. quite fit as well. How did that mindset change happen? A lot of it is to do with you know financial situation. Mm-hmm. So um, you know I say I saved enough money to go on maternity leave, and that was like you know a security blanket for me to say okay. I'm not working now. I have the opportunity to start something. And and going back, I actually started a business just before I got pregnant. And I was doing that with very little capital. And my plan was to grow that business when I went on maternity leave. But then this other idea came to me and, and yeah. I decided to go with that. But having that, that uh, maternity leave savings made me feel comfortable to start this business because I was able to spend a little bit on it. Um, And, you know, with online businesses, with the online e-com world, you can Mm -hmm. do so much without spending a lot of money. Um, So it was more for me, you know, being able to do it without spending a lot of money and just getting it started so that then I can start building on it. Uh, Well, the thing is when I, when I was, working in HR when I was in my last role I you know decided that I would start um, an e-com business Mm -hmm. and I launched that um, and the plan was to go on maternity leave and and take that Mm. to the next level but when I was on maternity leave about four months into it um, I was at home and I wanted to go to the salon but I just did not know how it was going to happen you know, it's, it's challenging with a little baby. How can you take a baby into like, you know, a really nice yes. tranquil salon and then all of a sudden have the baby cry or, yes. um, or into a, you know, a fume-filled nail salon. So then I um, started to look around and see what was happening overseas. Also looked at what mobile alternatives that you have in Australia and, and all their websites you know, uh, were really outdated. There was no technology attached. Mm. And even though, you know, the businesses were probably quite good, it was very outdated. And internationally, they were using technology to make beauty convenient. Um, And with Uber and Airbnb and all of that, you know, there was so many things that you can do. So then I thought, okay, well, look, I can do this. Maybe it was like a bit naive because really as a quite a large business to start, I thought, hang on, let me see what I can do. And I built the website, um, so my MVP, and launched within six weeks of deciding that this is what I was going to do. And I hired one nail technician who helped me, you know, put together the menu. And um, I decided to go for just nails Mm -hmm. because I read a a really great book called The Lean Startup. And the method or, or the philosophy around that is starting really small so that you can test your business. That way you're not going to invest a lot of money in it and not invest a huge amount of time and just getting it out there and then seeing what the public, um, you know, is telling you. Um, And so I launched it and then, um, yeah, it started to pick up pace after that. So really I felt like this was the idea that, you know, really grabbed me. And so I put aside the e-com store and went, okay, I'm going to go all in with this. Yeah. And I gave myself the the time of maternity leave. And I think three weeks, three months before I extended it a little bit before I had to return. 
Um, so I think I had to return in September, but then I extended it till December and I saw a, a really good response from the public and then just made my mind up that I would not go back. Yes. It was a big decision, um, but I think, you know, I had to take this leap. And what a, what a leap it was, <laughs> seeing you wear, <laughs> seeing how it's grown. Um, and even just hearing you talk about the potential new challenges that propped up with COVID-19. Um, and it's just something that you navigated through as well. You know, I think that demonstrates uh, your sense of trying to troubleshoot first, like, you know, going, okay, how can we get around the current mm. challenges? But then that next phase is then getting growth out of it is just unreal, Iman. Yeah. You know, that is, that's like, it's two different things. It's one thing to just try and stay above water you know you're treading water just yeah. trying to not drown but to actually grow mm. in those circumstances um, is something that is very admirable um, Iman you talked about identifying where there was a gap in the market I think services provided to women to make them feel you know I, I suppose the convenience part because sometimes when women are in those roles of maternity leave it can, it can be actually quite isolating yeah. especially if it's your first baby um you know, a lot of things are very new to you there's also this expectation that you've got to be all these things once you become a new mom um how does your mm. business in a way even you know we're talking about beauty but how does the flexibility of your business empower these women who are using your services Becoming a mum is very isolating. It'll also, you know, nowadays a lot of women are having kids a bit later on. So they've had a lot of freedom mm. to, you know, live their lives, have their careers. And then you kind of feel a little bit, I, I don't know if trapped is the mm. right word, but mm. <laughs> restricted, <laughs> you know, like you, you have to think about things. <laughs> yep. Think about things before you do um, them and just the in Australia, a lot of people are trying to manage a lot themselves. Um, you know, here in Sydney in particular, you'll find that so many people don't have family around. They're yeah. having to, you know, manage the whole household, um, maybe don't even have babysitters um, or even to get, you know, your family to cook a meal for you once every now and then to help out. It's, it's really hard. So, I think it's really important that uh, there are services out there that help mums um, or business, uh, busy business women yes. um, to manage their lifestyles, still get some self-care time, still mm -hmm. be able to, you know, feel and look beautiful. Um, and, you know, we really save people's time because going to, going to a salon, you're driving there, you're having to park there, you have to get yes. back into the car. Sometimes you've got your kids kids at home so a lot of mums do book us while their little kids are at home they can get their nails done and you know they they don't have to get a babysitter just for to go to an appointment so it's just yeah it's just really empowering women to be able to do the things they do even when it's it's quite difficult for them yeah I think that's why it is um is more than than beauty I think you're not talking about beauty on its own you mentioned self-care yeah what can happen to women in different situations is that they give, give, give so much. And there's not a lot of, you know, filling up their own well um, yes. and getting that chance to focus on themselves, re-energize, replenish. Um, yeah. And you've made that more accessible through your business. How are you <laughs> filling up your well? 
That's a very good question. Um, running a business is very full on. You know, if, if anyone said that, you know, if you wanted a work-life balance, stop corporate world and go into business, I would say yeah, you've got it all wrong. <laughs> um, running a business means, you know, you, you, you have to do a lot. And at the beginning, I didn't have staff and I was wearing so many hats and mm-hmm. only gradually have I been able to, you know, hire people. Um, and, um, you know, now I feel like I can everything's kind of looked after in terms of the reactive work, but I can, you know, now look at it from a strategic point of view, but still there's a lot of work to be done. So I have to really forge out time for Mm -hmm. myself and it's minimal. It's just probably a few hours a week that I can, you know, maybe three hours a week that I can go and and have some me time, Um, which I think sometimes is a lot, even mums might not get that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have to really prioritize um, my week, really be clear on my goals for the day so that I can achieve what I need to achieve. And it's making a lot of sacrifices. So, you know, my, my kids, my family and work are the two, you know, everything else has to kind of be put out the window. And, you know, that's very minimal social, um, social outings. Um, and just, yeah, being on, being careful with my time, being protective of my time. I resonate with that um, in the way that, yeah, I feel as well, there's not a lot of time besides um, family and work. And I'm fine with that. I think that's like a personal choice. I, I, I wouldn't yeah. want to be going yeah. out um, really outside if, if I didn't have to, because I think, oh, that's just so much of time. By the time you drive and try and get a babysitter f- for your kids and, um, I, I, yeah. I like that when I'm at home, I can be in my pajamas, have dinner <laughs> and the kids are nearby, my bed's nearby and, yeah. and it's, it's not like a huge outlay of time. We, we can't be all things to everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there are some women who have a lot of other commitments. I do hear that they've got a lot of external family commitments as well that they've got to do. You know, they are called in and torn in different mm. directions. Do you have advice for women in that situation, that they are just being pulled in so many different directions that they can't actually focus on that vision that they have on themselves, that it's just an internal dream at the moment. Mm, Yeah, that's, that's a tricky one. And, and, you know, I, I don't have external family here in Mm. Sydney, and I wonder if that would make a difference with my time, because I can imagine that, you know, you have those external commitments, Mm -hmm then that can be difficult. I mean, most important for me is that I spend time with my kids and, and then, you know, that that other time is work and obviously getting the house sorted and the mm-hmm. cooking and all of that. But I think, um, you know, when it comes down to it, if, if, you're, if someone is feeling tied, and tied to so many things outside and, and they can't just, you know, be focused on the goal, um, is is the is what they're wanting to do what they feel truly passionate about because mm. I think if you feel truly passionate about it you, you would want to you know carve out the time mm-hmm. um, but then you know practically how do you do it yeah. um, I think you just have to be really really laser focused on on it um, and disciplined um, you just have to tell yourself that you know if I you give yourself timelines and and say, you know, this is what I want to achieve by this period of time and then just start writing out goals so that you are working towards it. 
breaking it down into steps that helps you, you know, get to where you want to go. Because sometimes when you're looking at the bigger goal, it's hard to visualize how it's all going to happen. But then when you, you know, start from the bottom and then sort of work out different um, parts to make it start building and coming together and, and breaking down those steps, it can mm. feel a lot more achievable. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really all about being very disciplined with your time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know you can make things happen particularly when you're on maternity leave you are on a bit of a timeline yes correct and, and you know it's it's not it's not easy to manage looking after a baby and, and with the lack of sleep and trying to start a business but if you just carve out it just a small amount of time each day to to meet those little goals that you've set um, you know you can make it happen Some, sometimes uh, people end up taking on more on their plate than is sustainable or practical or even asked for, you know. So, yeah. you know, being able to shout out and go, look, I, I, I need support in this area because this is what I'm passionate in achieving, but I can't do this if I've got the rest of this to look after. Yeah. Um, so I would say support systems. Um, we talked about filling the well, but support systems also help you um, just not carry the load on your own um, because mm-hmm. if you've got an important vision that you're trying to achieve I think it's worth you know the people in your life um, they will understand why they've yeah. got to support you in it that's um, it yeah exactly yeah and I think there's a lot of things you can do like um, you know just to kind of cut out all the you know the little bits and pieces of housework and all of Mm. that that you do like we we always order groceries online so that cuts Mm -hmm. out you know amount of time going to the store we have someone that comes to clean our house every fortnight yeah um and uh yeah so just automating some things to just relieve us from having all those duties because it's not just hard on myself but it's also hard on my partner because mm-hmm. he also will be you know carrying some of that load as well yeah so yeah it's a very yeah. practical um suggestion that you're talking about you're just saying that yeah if you can automate it um and and yeah. that's why we we were talking about you know where you sit generation wise right you know how initially we talked about you being generation x and, and i said two of us yeah. actually right smack in the middle of y and x um yeah. And then somebody told me, another guest told me that there is this definition called zennials. And zennials yeah. are that, that bit of, of people between uh, Gen Y and Gen X. They've grown up with analog. So we have grown up with cassettes and, and things like that. But we've, we've had our adult years in the digital world. Um, yeah. And I think you're representative of that as well, because your business is very much you know, to using technology. Yeah. And then you've brought some of those concepts into your everyday life as well with making sure that technology is helping you with your grocery shopping and and things like that. Um, So you're here representing this Xenial entrepreneur, Iman. (laughs) Can you tell me who that is? Mm, Okay, well, I'm just trying to think because I I know a number of... um, business owners I have a lot of business women in my network and they all come from different you know generations and I, I but I can clearly see differences in how they operate and I would say you know we we tend to um, you know we obviously are in the age group where we you know have possibly have children or a bit more life commitments so we are just about 
you know, prioritizing and doing only what needs to be done to get shit done, basically. Um, (laughs) And and we, we, I think there is like a little bit of a gap there. I know that with technology, you know, I've had to go and really learn um, Mm. quite a bit of it because it comes naturally, but we don't have the, I guess, the same kind of um, way of thinking as someone Mm. who is a, you know, coming out of uni and, and that's just all how they think. And, you know, with marketing and social media, they, that's, that's where they naturally know how to um, build a business, whereas we have to learn how to do that. And still I think social media is not something that we're that keen on. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're just, you know, trying very hard to be in there and show, us, show, show up on social media, but it's something that we're still very uncomfortable with. Yes, well, I, well for my, I'm speaking for myself, but I, I think um, at the same time, a number of people can relate. <laughs> oh, I, re- I relate to that. I think that's why we, that's why there's this special generation <laughs> that's stuck in between. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't think we're hopeless at technology, but um, yeah. because we're okay enough with it, but we're not naturals at it either. Like we, we, we have to do, yeah. um, you know, like I said, the, the example I have is, is there's some um, women at our office who very intuitively know how to use social media. I mean, even like we talk about the angling of photos and things like that. I can tell you from my photo reel, I take terrible photos because I just don't know. (laughs) I don't know the angles, you know, like, and I don't know any of those things. Uh, But for them, it looks so natural. I feel that self-consciousness when I'm like, oh, there's a phone here. And, you know, they're quite happy (laughs) looking at a phone and treating it, you know, understanding it's a gateway to communicate with a whole lot of people, you know, for me, mm. in my generation, it's an inanimate object, object that's looking at me. I don't know how to, um, you know, it's, it's those, that clunkiness that comes in certain things um, that I view yes. in the generation below that they're they're very at ease with. Uh, but at the same time, mm. I look at the generation above and I realise I've had more exposure to technology than they've had. So, um, yeah, yeah we're, not, we're not as awkward in that space as they are. Yes. <laughs> so, that's it, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know if so there's something you, that we don't know how to do we can easily learn oh yes like youtube it yeah. um google yeah. it that's, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah so listeners as well like uh, for example for me doing this podcast i use a lot of youtube time to go how do i do this <laughs> and then I, I can't do that step how do i do it and and there's very specific i'm amazed that youtube has very specific answers um yes. you know, for very specific <laughs> questions <laughs> Like, That's it. how do I import a file from here to here? <laughs> just... Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you had to do as well, man? Like, um, I didn't have a huge amount of capital to invest in big technology. Mm. So what I had to do was really try to kind of create my website and build in the technology using existing technology. So it was yes. kind of like a duct tape solution. So okay. I would just like pick different things and then yeah. kind of piece it together and make it work like yes. an amazing piece of technology. And, you know, it has its flaws, but it helped us get the business to where, where it yes. is now without investing a huge amount. Yes. Um, but now recently we have invested in some technology. So that's, that's great. But yeah, it had to, I had to look at a number of YouTube videos to learn how to, to get all of this off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so Iman, if you could break it down for um, our listeners who are maybe new to business or are thinking of going 
into business. Um, if we could leave them with three tips that you found really useful in starting your business or three learnings, um, maybe with the first yeah. one being, what's the very first step you had to take? So besides anything, and let's forget about how successful your business is now. What's the very first step you had to take to put you on that path? You know, I guess coming up with the concept. So, mm. you know, and, and just going, okay, this is, this is it. This is what I want to do. So, you know, I guess many people stall on that idea, but I had so many business ideas before. Um, and then, you know, this one really took to me. But what I, what I had to do was then, you know, do a bit of research and really understand whether or not that this, was this something that I could do? Was it, mm. was it um, you know, was there a gap in the market? So it was like the initial research stage and understanding how I could put it all together. But most importantly is like just getting it out there. So I think the main piece of advice I would say is just start because you can, you know, create a perfect website or create a perfect business. And it could take you months and months and months to get there. But unless you launch the business, unless you start mm. servicing the public, you're never going to know whether or not it's successful. So why spend all this time and money getting something perfect when, you know, you haven't tested it out in the public. So I think it's kind of almost like working backwards, getting it out there, your minimum viable product doesn't have to be a pretty website, just, you know, can be standard. Mm. Um, and then work on it as your business is growing. Yes. So then you can actually use the public's feedback to help. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, I guess, one of the, the main pieces of advice I have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that makes sense as well. So, um, Fraser Jack, who is a very prominent podcaster in the financial services industry, um, I, I went to him for mm -hmm. advice because I had this idea of starting this podcast, but it was very much in my head, didn't know if I could yeah. do it. And then he just told me, look, even to an extent, the name of the podcast doesn't matter. The, the image of the podcast, yeah. the intro music doesn't matter. He said, do not spend too much time in any of those things. The first thing you've got to do is book in your guests, make it mm -hmm. happen. Because yeah, there's no podcast without yeah. a recording. He said, everything yeah. else, if you're sitting on it too long, just make a decision and move on. And I, and I think that's sort of that's what it. you're saying as well, is that there are core things that yeah. you probably should spend more time on, but don't let the small things stop you or derail you from actually getting to launch mm -hmm. like yeah That's it. Yeah. yeah so so definitely um it seems that that people who have that entrepreneurial spirit um <laughs> i think you've got the entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit iman um or even like frazier like they've they've been there they understand very much like don't sweat on the small stuff um you've got to just yeah. otherwise you're going to get stuck um what are the other two yeah. tips you have for our listeners iman um, so I think, you know, the two other things that really help me to um, grow the business as well is to really just immerse myself into the, the startup community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I came from the corporate world and I actually had no idea what this startup community was yeah. all about. And, you know, I, I had to learn about um, raising funding and, you know, the investor landscape and, technology and all of that and and without actually going into that community I, I wouldn't I probably wouldn't be here so um, I started to meet people who um, were running 
uh, marketplace style businesses like mine. So I'd reach out to them, ask mm-hmm. them to go out for coffee and they were like two or three years ahead of me. So I could learn from them. Um, and two of them have become, you know, really um, great mentors. I um, joined an accelerator. So there's, uh, there was, there's a woman's focus accelerator called mm-hmm. um, SBE. And that again, built my community. So everyone in that accelerator, plus all the mentors in that accelerator, they're my community. I see them regularly. Um, And I also put together an advisory board. So this is like a non-official advisory board. So it's Mm -hmm. actually having like, you know, mentors that are there for you to help you with the business. And I would say that, you know, I'm in eternally grateful for them I've got four of them and they actually you know provide work they do work on the business because they're they can do things because of their uh, professions they come from like legal financial Mm -hmm. and um, strategy backgrounds and they actually do work for me I wouldn't say work but they assist Mm -hmm. with certain things um, and provide me with advice. So you, you can't um, sort of do it all on your own. You really need to establish a community and, of, and network of people who can um, help you along the way and who you trust. Um, and, and developing those relationships mm-hmm. as well. So I had two mentors or two advisors, actually. They're still my advisors. And I developed a relationship with them across a year and they invested in the business um, so, you know, building those relationships can take you to, to different levels as well. Um, so that's, that's another uh, mm. piece of advice. And the third one I would say is just, you know, read a lot. Um, there are some really great business books out there um, or, you know, pub- publications, articles. Um, but I like to, you know, get stuck into books and, and um, books that are relevant to my style of business, um, as well as the startup world. Uh, they're, they're definitely, you know, the main reasons how I can actually progress myself. So currently I'm reading a book called Traction mm-hmm. and it's all about getting ahead in the startup world. But how do you structure your business? Um, how do you focus on, you know, moving instead of being stuck Um and, and getting some real growth. So, um, yeah, so I definitely definitely get some good books and, and keep reading. Yeah, so you've mentioned focus on the, the big picture of what you're trying to do with your business, you yeah. know, so don't, don't get hung up on the small things that are stopping you from launching, making sure you've got yeah. a good network and good expertise around you to help you as you move through the different areas and continue learning about, best practice yeah. you know so uh, yeah and I think that's that makes it. sense I think that is is very useful in in uh, many circumstances um, in anyone's world whether or not they're launching a business or moving to a new career or you know um, having a project yeah. <laughs> like this where that's it. yeah a new project yeah. like a podcast um, you know what do you choose to challenge this year um, look there, there's a number of things that I thought of (laughs) but I think the main the main part uh, the main um, thing that I would like to focus on and I think it's also related to what I need to do in the business which I haven't done um, and I guess it's tackling my imposter syndrome or my the Mm. mean the inner mean girl because Mm. you know I haven't really 
push myself to go out there and be the face of the business as much as I, I think I probably should. Um, you know, I take, I, 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 I take opportunities when they come, but maybe don't so much go out there and try to, um, you know, get out there and, and really, you know, post on social media or anything like that mm. um, as much as I should. So, and maybe COVID has been quite nice not to have to, <laughs> to do that as much, but um, this year I really want to get out there and, and, you know, do more, more podcasts, do more speaker gigs and things like that. So um, that's what I'm going to be challenging myself with this year. Oh, I've, I've never heard of imposter syndrome being labeled as the mean girl, but that's what it is. <laughs> It yeah, is. yeah, yeah. That's the big girl. That's that's definitely because I I'm um I definitely have that as well. Um, and women are more prone to that. Uh, you're right. Mm. You know, like let's let's maybe try and give the mean girl less uh, space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, so I I really enjoy that one. That's that's a really good challenge because mm-hmm. I think a lot of us can maybe just challenge ourselves to silence the inner mean girl and just uh, yeah you know, really just slay this year. I think that's, that's it. Make 2021 mm-hmm. our year. Um, thank you so yeah. much, Iman, for giving us your time, your precious, precious time, because I know that you're juggling so much um, and you have um, undoubtedly given so many pearls of wisdom to our listeners. Um, and um, I'm really appreciative of that. Thank you, Iman. Thanks so much, Dawn. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining our Circle of Stories. Subscribe for new episodes. Let's change how the story ends.